0: Duck, duck Duck Hermit Crab! Hopscotch, Squidward's Heads, Steal the Bacon, Sleeping Sea Lions, Sharks and Minnows, Sink the Submarine, Kings and Queens, Mahjong. Whoa! I've never played this game before. What's it called? It's called I Will Never Play With You. Never! Cue the intro! Welcome aboard to the podcast where the only dummy here is this guy. For the amount of times he's re-recorded this intro, I'm ready! A SpongePod SquareCast. I'm your host, Captain Eric, and it's a pleasure to welcome you here as we continue our sail through the fourth season of SpongeBob SquarePants. And let me tell you something. This is quite the week of coincidences I keep running into them left and right, and I'm all about it. But you would have thought with the week I've had, or some of the things I've experienced, it was all planned out this way. Earlier this week, I happened to throw on a few episodes of Spongebob in the background when I was getting some work done, some organization. The paper comes on, one of my favorite episodes. And for those that remember that episode, one of the little gags in Squidward trying to one-up Spongebob in this episode of, well, you have a stupid piece of paper, this is what I got, buddy, happens to be a mini Squidward, which is, of course, the subject of today's episode, Squidward. Squidward, all the way in season one, brought out a little mini version dummy of himself, which is poetic for Squidward to have. He seems to have a lot of himself... ...in his art, so if he was going to have a ventriloquist dummy or a puppet, I would imagine it would be Squidward-designed. Of course, SpongeBob wound up him with the paper in that episode, and so be it. So I saw that and I went, oh, isn't that something? Even crazier, though, is that I had purchased tickets for a comedy show the day before recording this episode weeks ago... For one of my favorite comedians who I discovered through the pandemic, and I'm not talking about discovered as in saw him on the street. Nobody noticed his talent but me. And out of nowhere, from the sky, could it be Captain Eric? Hey there, pal. I notice your talent. Take my hand and come with me to greener pastures. It didn't happen like that. I just... Fell in love with some YouTube clips when I was uh, falling down that rabbit hole one of those evenings. But he instantly became one of my favorite comedians. So when this Australia native comedian was traveling the world and was making their way to my backyard, and not literally my backyard, because that would have been both awesome and creepy. I would have had some questions, but go on with your shtick. At a comedy show, locally to me, making his way all the way from Australia, Randy Feltface, who also happens to be a puppet. So a day or two before the show came, came up, I got the notification in my email that, hey, reminder, you have a show in a day or so. And something clicked in that moment of, wait a minute, I'm recording the episode of the square cast this week on Squidwood, which is about puppetry and ventriloquism. And then I'm going to an actual puppet show, if you will, completely unplanned the night before. What a way to go into this episode because I have such a love for anything that has to do with puppets and not just entry level, throw a puppet on your hand and I'm going to give you a standing ovation For those who excel at it, I have a tremendous love and appreciation for those who work on Sesame Street, those who work with the Muppets, the Jim Henson Company, those who work next to a puppet themselves on stage, the Jeff Dunhams of the world, the Terry Faders, the Darcy Lynns. the highest of their their craft of strip away the character strip away the person, the fact that you can attract a crowd with a fictional, living cartoon character on stage. That's what I love. That's what I appreciate. I always have. Because in a way, for as much as I love animation, it's almost hand-in-hand with what happens with puppets. You're taking something that doesn't have life And you are putting two and two together to create something else. You are creating a character. And for those who achieve it to the highest degree, you get characters that in most public places will be treated as if they're completely real. Big Bird, Kermit the Frog, Cookie Monster, Miss Piggy, Elmo. Any of these characters, when they show up places... Adults will completely treat them as if they're real. And you know what? In some way, they are. That's the magic of it. That's the creation. That's the art. I love it. I appreciate it. And what a wonderful week to have. With all of this going on, a little bit more of a coincidence, more personally for me, though, was I had purchased a ticket to Randy's show for me and my brother. My brother and I. Proper grammar. Don't call the police on me. After the show, I had noticed that yesterday was National Brothers Day. So without even really knowing or fully planning on it, we had celebrated National Brothers Day in a tremendous way. So thank you to Randy Feltface for the show. Can't really thank you enough for what you bring and the talent. It's more than just a puppet. It's An entire experience. It's our future president, if I'm going to say anything about it. This episode of SpongeBob SquarePants Squidward is the second half of the 79th episode of the show, and it first premiered in the United States on July 24th, 2007. But of course, as any of you listeners of Season 4 know, seemingly a lot of these later half episodes premiered not only elsewhere, but even on DVD as Paramount or whoever was in charge seemed to be quick to the gun of releasing a season before it even finished airing. I'm not really against that, but at some point, what is the point, you know? What is the point? Just to push it out as quick as possible to make that buck if these things... Isn't the DVD supposed to be, hey, once the show has aired on television, now you get to own it? I guess, in a way, another selling point could be, here's some of the episodes you've seen, plus the rest of them. Here you go. Just give us your money. That's such a Mr. Krabs thing to do, so you know what? It's on brand, so I accept it. It first premiered on DVD on January 9th, 2007 on the Season 4, Volume 2 DVD. Look at that gap, January 9th to July 24th, with July 24th being three days before the Simpsons movie came out, because July 27th, 2007 is one of those dates that, as a fan of animation, became ingrained in my memory, so I'll never be able to forget that. Our storyboard directors for this episode... Are Casey Alexander and Chris Mitchell, who wrote this episode alongside Danny McCauley? Our animation director is Andrew Overtoom. Our technical director is Vincent Waller. And our supervising producer is Paul Tibbet. Oh, no, he's high! I'd like to think that out of the gate, those who were working behind this episode went back to some of those classic SpongeBob episodes for inspiration saw that Squidward puppet and said, you know, there's more we could do with that. And they're not wrong. There is more to be had in a world where there is a mini Squidward puppet. It's all depending on who is driving that force. Of course, in the hand of Squidward, you get a semi-lame joke. But in the hands of SpongeBob SquarePants, you get an entirely new character that takes the world by storm. Squidward, as he wakes up, I really enjoy the interactions between the two of these characters throughout most of this episode. I I would have to say that that, right off of the bat, was one of the things I enjoyed is that SpongeBob is completely intrusive in the beginning of this episode. Any of the ways he's asking Squidward to play with him, it's completely the wrong way you would want any person around you to go about being in your life would you want any friend or non-friend to be standing next to your bed to wait for you to wake up staring at you waiting for you to wake up no I'm sure some of you weirdos out there may say maybe or yes it's okay let your freak flags fly not gonna yuck your yum but I don't think If you are gardening in your enclosed backyard, which was really nice to see. We don't get to see their backyards as often. Another little callback to season one. Another little wink, I have to say. They may have gone back to to find some inspiration. Squidward gardening and SpongeBob just making his way up through one of his holes he's digging. Of course, no security is going to block SpongeBob and it doesn't seem like personal space is is of a care for him. But I absolutely love the beginning part of this episode of Spongebob. It's it's weird. It's when a character like Steve Urkel used to just barge in to the Winslow's house in Family Matters, for those that don't know. It was a show in the 90s, a sitcom, in which it started out as a sitcom about a family, and then a character was brought in as a one-episode joke or a one-episode gag, Steve Urkel, and he became so popular that he not only became a main character on that show, but literally took over the show. It's one of the shows you can point to of this happening, where something completely unintentionally just takes over a show and just lights it up to a new level of popularity. Steve Urkel is undeniably an extremely popular character, to this day, still being used in Scooby-Doo cartoons and merchandise and other means. Steve Urkel had that kind of energy of good heart, good soul, a bit intrusive, a bit of a nerd, a bit overzealous. SpongeBob certainly has a few of those traits, and some of those are negative. Not the nerdiness, not the good soul, but the intrusiveness The barging in, the lack of notice of boundaries is what I'm saying. That that lack is a negative. But we allow it because if you have somebody who's a good soul and you know they don't really mean harm, you let it go. You let the fact that SpongeBob barges into Squidward's home, stares at him while he's in the bathtub what is known as a Peeping Tom here in the States. I'm sure everywhere in the world has a name for someone, you know, creepy, a creeper, but specifically someone who is looking through a window to see somebody else in a vulnerable position or to see something they're not supposed to. We accept it because Spongebob is adorable. We know he's a good soul, a good heart. He's not doing anything maliciously. He wants to play games with Squidward. That's it. And I found myself genuinely enjoying how much Spongebob was pushing for some of these games as if Squidward ever engages him to play any of these games. Any of the games that Spongebob was trying to play, I don't think Squidward has ever engaged once. Other than the one time here with hide-and-seek where Squidward just uses that to his advantage. Alright, you go and hide. I'll take the loss. You win. Defeat never tasted so sweet. I don't think any of these games Squidward has ever played with Spongebob hide-and-seek. Hangman, although, I mean, they just kind of played right there, but it was to Squidward's advantage. But a literal, serious, okay, I'm here to play the game of hide-and-seek. I don't think Squidward has ever done that. Hangman, Duck-Duck-Hermit-Crab, which is a play on Duck-Duck-Goose. I don't know why the goose was left out. I know that ducks can clearly be on the ocean water swimming about if they need to rest, but it's as if they have completely heard of ducks in this manner. Gooses, never heard of them. Hermit crabs, it is. Hopscotch, Squidward Says. Maybe that is the game that Squidward has engaged with. That is a game where Squidward can have Spongebob go and do something because it's Squidward Says. Steal the Bacon, which sounds like a fun game. I don't know why Squidward doesn't want to play that. Sleeping Sea Lions, which is An actual game, Sleeping Lions. Let me look this up. I think it's a children's game. All but one or two players are lions and lie down on the floor, eyes closed as if they were sleeping. The remaining one or two players, quote-unquote hunters, move about the room attempting to encourage the lions to move. The hunters can't touch the lions but may move close to them, tell them things like jokes, etc., any person who moves must stand up and join the hunters. Oh, that's an interesting game. I feel like I have played that very early on in my in my childhood. So Sleeping Sea Lions is the underwater equivalent. Sharks and Minnows, that's a classic. Sink the Submarine. That sounds extremely dangerous. Kings and Queens, Spongebob pulls out a deck of cards, followed by one of my favorite... SpongeBob pronunciations ever the way he pronounces Mahjong I can't explain it it's just brilliant Tom Kenny in the moment I'm sure it wasn't written out to say it a certain way I'm sure it was just written out as Mahjong or Mahjong and Tom Kenny just taking that extra little bit of, of spice into the manner and making it work Offering all of these challenges to Squidward inside of his bathroom while he's standing there naked. Poor Squidward. Pushing this guy out. I will never play with you, ever. And I thought in this moment that he would kick him or throw him out of his window as violently as he did in the SpongeBob SquarePants movie, given the fact that he is interrupting yet another bath time. But instead, Squidward pushes him back into the hole of his floor that he found himself in, where that SpongeBob drilled out of, and then he brought in his refrigerator into the bathroom to cover the hole. I don't think that was the best means in which of getting rid of SpongeBob. And honestly, the lack of glass breaking, I was, as I was watching and thought of that, I was a little bit upset about. But soon enough, I would find ...what I was looking for, and we'll get there. Spongebob takes the hint that Squidward doesn't want to play with him... ...goes over to his house and decides, you know what? If the real Squidward isn't going to play with me, I'll make a fake Squidward. And goes to work, creating all of this racket in his home. Squidward goes against his better judgment and goes right over to the pineapple. He's relieved at first that Spongebob is gone but then wants to complain that there's racket going on inside of Spongebob's house. I'm going to say, dude, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You want this guy out of your house, and I know that you also shouldn't be subjugated to loud noise, but it is the middle of the day. I have a guy mowing his lawn outside of my house right now. It's not the most pleasant noise in the world, but... It is the middle of the day, so he's allowed to. The noise certainly has its time and place, but to go right over, right after you get this guy off of your back, and to reinsert yourself is just a classic Squidward move. I know it's against his better judgment. You get this guy away from you, and then you immediately reinsert yourself into the situation. Upon discovering what SpongeBob has been working on, Mini Squidward, a Squidward puppet in which SpongeBob is the voice and character for treating this Squidward as if it's a different character, not treating it like the real Squidward, which is certainly a role they could have gone down. And they certainly take advantage of that in certain circumstances, but they could have gone the situation where this Squidward everybody just treats like the real one. But He's acknowledged as his own little mini Squidward, his own character. And SpongeBob immediately acts as if this character is real and has been here and has seen things, has known things, is around the area. Squidward, you would think, would be a little perturbed by this, but he sees the glory in this situation. Once he finds out that mini Squidward's entire existence is to fill the void for Spongebob whenever Squidward doesn't want to play which is 100% of the time he embraces the mini Squidward doesn't really see the future of where this goes how far this goes and he should have known as with Spongebob his brand of chaos always bursts out he's a sponge he soaks up these kinds of circumstances and they always grow out of control but in the meantime you're taking this guy off my back then I'm a friend of yours I'm a fan of yours he kisses mini Squidward he is relishing in mini Squidward's existence and he is so excited this over manic excitement Squidward pole vaults himself into his home in I had to pause the episode. I I laughed so hard at the fact that I had internally complained about the lack of a window breaking earlier, throwing Spongebob or kicking him out of the bathroom, and then hear Squidward pole vaulting himself into his home out of excitement. Genuinely one of my favorite parts of this season. I've I've always maintained that some of my favorite episodes have been when characters go off the rails that normally kind of stay themselves or when just things really get out of control and Mr. Krabs, Squidward when they just go manic, things go nuts, the times that it's happened to Patrick or when it happens to Sandy, I love them. I absolutely love them. this little moment here of Squidward and his overzealousness Of having Spongebob off his back. I know it's short in the idea. I just love it. I absolutely love it. Genuinely belly laughed at this character. Not even running through the front door. And it's just something you can only really do in a cartoon. If somebody tried doing that in an episode of Everybody Loves Raymond. It might actually be hilarious. It would be the funniest joke they would have ever had on that show, and that show had Peter Boyle, so that tells you something. But I'm happy that I at least had a window break in this episode. I conjured it. Throughout some of the games that SpongeBob plays with Mini Squidward, out of all of them, the one that he decides to play is a rousing game of charades, which is just a Spongebob thing to do, playing charades essentially with yourself. And, of course, Minnie Squidward is always going to guess the right answer because, I mean, he's controlling him. I don't need to explain everything here. I will. I probably am, but... I will say that 12 Angry Jellyfish, for those that don't know, isn't just a conjured-up movie. It's actually a parody of one of the most well-known and well-parodied plays, movies, 12 angry men all about the jury of a murder trial and when all of them go back into the room, 11 out of the 12 all believe that this individual committed this act. But there's one who completely pushes against any of this evidence and throughout their discovery of how things go on and their personal prejudices, and as the the story continues, they discover that the man was, in fact, innocent. I would absolutely pay to see 12 angry jellyfish. Can you imagine? I want to set the stage for you right now. This is an audio podcast, so if you're in a safe place, close your eyes. Imagine the buzzing of all of these jellyfish 12 jellyfish in a room and then if you remember I believe it's blue from the episode of SpongeBob where he's going after old no-name the blue jellyfish there's that scene where he's talking to him they're kind of going back and forth and the jellyfish puts up his hands and he like buzzes at him with the subtitles It's one of my favorite little animated sequences of this show. Can you imagine with all of that buzzing going on and then some of the subtitles you could have of the different jellyfish and the movements of them talking complete trash to one another in this jury room? I want to see that movie. I have no idea why... The social media team of of Spongebob hasn't put together 12 Angry Jellyfish yet. But they should get on that. Patrick stops by to engage with Mini Squidward and I'm a little disappointed with Spongebob in this one interaction with Patrick. Patrick treats Mini Squidward as if he's real. Patrick walks in, walks over into the scene and just goes, oh my goodness, look at you. And Spongebob is trying to explain that mini Squidward isn't real he's fake but he's obviously not getting across to Patrick it's very quick it's clearly a moment to just get Patrick in there for a second and I think it's a bit wasted I'm disappointed that Spongebob who does go on to treat this character as if he's real decided in this moment to try to pull back the curtain for Patrick the only thing I can think of is that every other person who runs into Mini Squidward, and this is actually more of a, a dig on Spongebob, if anything, but everybody else who runs into this puppet knows that it is a puppet of Squidward and their responses to it are all insulting of Squidward. And Spongebob just engages with them. But the second somebody comes in and has the mentality of Spongebob, of a real, like, oh, this is a real character. He's trying to pull the curtain back. Like, no, 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 it's good. So he's only doing it to help insult Squidward in some way. I'm not saying that that's his malicious intent, but I feel like there might be some Freudian thing going on here with Spongebob and uh, with what he's doing with Squidward. Hey, more power to him. He's been so nice to this guy and has done so many nice things and the treatment he receives isn't the same but you know what? We have to give Squidward some credit at some point because even when he's trying even when he puts in some semblance of effort that we wouldn't normally see the universe still throws a pie in his face it still throws some sort of grief he's like Charlie Brown in that way He's clearly having some sort of good day at work, enough to try to throw in some humor into his delivery. Normally, these people probably engage with Squidward where he's grumpy, ill-tempered, doesn't really want to be there. It's clear he doesn't like his job. And even on the days like today where he's putting in some effort, he's throwing in some humor, some personability, and the people are still treating him like he's a socially inept cephalopod. It's it's insane. Who ordered the Krabby Patty or the Krabby? It's not the best joke. I'm not defending the joke here. Of course, there's only two Krabby Patties on the tray and two different people, so just deliver them. But he's trying. I gotta give my boy an A for effort here. For effort, not for execution. That's, that's a different subject. But then Squidward is at the register and is ignoring a customer, not on purpose, but he's looking at something else. And the second he notices, he actually says, sorry, sir, and goes on to ask for this customer's order. And the customer just berates Squidward for the way he is, his customer service before Mini Squidward steps in to say the exact same thing and, of course, get a different response, which is then the entire part of this episode. Everything that Mini Squidward goes on to do within the Krusty Krab is something that Squidward says or does, but everybody is just praising the puppet. And almost on purpose, like giving Squidward the the side-eye or making remarks how we should just keep around the mini-Squidward and get rid of the larger-scale Squidward or the regular-size Squidward. Just completely digging into this guy who already, you know, has a lot going on in his life. He tries. I'm not sympathizing with him on everything. He is the cause of a lot of his own effect but, you know he doesn't deserve this level of treatment. It goes to the point that even after repeating the joke to the same two customers, one of them offers up a $300 tip to the puppet which absolutely enrages Squidward. Rightfully so but I would also argue that the money that Mini Squidward is raking in right now has to do more with the puppet act more so than what this woman would give as an actual tip in any sort of circumstance. Even when Mr. Krabs steps in to demote Squidward as a busboy, when Squidward steps back to notice, you know what, hey, if you want to take the orders and cook the burgers yourself, I don't mind taking a break. He enjoys mini Squidward a little bit more, but now that Mr. Krabs comes in and goes, wait a minute, this puppet is doing your job and is making me more money. I'm just going to make you a busboy. And then we get busboy Squidward who has to sit back and watch this puppet do everything he does, but gets the praise for it, which in a way is still the people praising an art form. They're praising SpongeBob's talent with the puppet. They all acknowledge it's a puppet. It's not like these characters are treating Mini Squidward like he's his own character. Like I said, a lot of these fish, before they even give their remarks, might even give a little bit of a side-eye or the fact that their remarks bring up that there's another Squidward, or this one's better than the original. Little comments like that that would add up. Of course, the ultimate then kicks into gear because not only does Mini Squidward perform Squidward's job better with the use of, of SpongeBob SquarePants, but once it comes to the art of dancing, interpretive dance, and the use of the clarinet, Mini Squidward has it all and pulls out some of Squidward's apparently iconic moves, although I wish they would have pulled from some of Squidward's public performances that were panned by the public in Bikini Bottom, I genuinely wish that within the Krusty Krab, they would have called back to Squidward's dance at the talent show, which they would eventually do in the end credits scenes of Sponge Out of Water, with all the characters dancing, Squidward's just iconic dance, with that techno music. But could you imagine if they would have brought that back? Mini Squidward doing the exact same movements, but then the crowd going nuts. We essentially get that in some way here, but I really wish it was that that original callback. But Mini Squidward prances all around the restaurant, brings out the clarinet, is jamming out, everybody's going nuts, dancing along with him. Squidward tries to rightfully put his tentacle down. Hey, those are some of my dance moves. Tries to pull him out. But then people are disgusted. Kind of classically so. Squidward should be used to the fact that anything that he's engaged with Spongebob in, going back to the talent show, even when Squidward went out on stage and performed the same actions with the mop that Spongebob was doing. It's not about the actions. It's about the person behind the actions that the crowd cares about. And they are all in on this cute little puppet, but they want nothing to do with regular old Squidward. And he's just disgusting the patrons of the Krusty Krab with his dancing and... Get out of here. Stop trying to take the spotlight from this clear star. Such a star, in fact, that Milo J. Finkerfish of Curly Bubbles Records steps in to offer a million-dollar contract and a sequin suit to Mini Squidward. Treating... This is what was funny to me, is that this character comes in and treats Minnie Squidward as if he's a real character... Completely different from the fact that most of the patrons within the Krusty Krab in those moments kind of knew it was a puppet, were digging at the original Squidward or just pushing him away, but then in comes, apparently, the agent of, according to Squidward, his favorite clarinet player, which has to be, of course, Kelpie G. Kelpie G's agent, Milo J. Finkerfish, in the flesh, and Squidward thinks, oh, you're here to offer me a, a contract and a sequence suit, but no, it's all for Mini Squidward. And SpongeBob hands Mini Squidward over, completely still treating him as if he's a real being. Different than when Patrick's involved. And what may be one of the funniest parts of this episode is that when he's in the hands of Milo J. Finkerfish who I don't mind re-saying his name over and over again because this is, in fact, his one and only appearance in the entire show. Once he's in the hands of Milo, Squidward, Mini-Squidward, still responds to Spongebob using Squidward's voice. But is the puppet itself real? Or does Milo J. Finkerfish in that moment just completely rips off an impression of a guy he just met. It's such a little small joke there. I I absolutely enjoyed. Mini Squidward is out of the picture and we are now left with actual size Squidward. Where SpongeBob reveals that he has been working on another puppet, a little version of himself which would go on to be a joke that some of these ventriloquists would go on to do, bring out little mini versions of themselves in various inventive ways, and the cycle goes on. I would love to see more episodes of Spongebob using puppets and the chaos it brings and can bring in and around the town. Can you imagine an episode where Spongebob had a police fish puppet And people treated it as if it was a real police officer. Kind of going off of that Hall Monitor episode as well. So in a way, it's a callback a little bit to two former episodes. Huh? Huh? Not to completely always go back and have to make callbacks, but I feel like the chaos of Spongebob with a puppet has not seen its full potential in the world of Bikini Bottom. But I... Genuinely enjoyed this episode. There are moments that I questioned here and there, like when SpongeBob had his interaction with Patrick, he seemed to drop the entire act for a moment or tried to. But Patrick, of course, you're unable to convince this guy otherwise than the world that's in front of him. But everybody else, SpongeBob does not even try to attempt to explain that it's a puppet. Or try to attempt that it's not Squidward or... No, Little moments like that make me question things, but other than that and other than the lack of callbacks to some previous dances, I love this episode and I love the direction they take with Squidward's jealousy. They could have gone a few other ways with the clarinet, with painting, to push this narrative that mini Squidward is just better than Squidward. Imagine making a little painting in the Krusty Krab and then somebody buys it for a $1,000 or bringing back any sort of talent from Squidward's past to run in. Squilliam could have run in to see mini Squidward and be impressed in some way that, that Squidward and his name could be attached to something so successful. They could have gone many different ways, but for the story we have of Squidward I think it's a great time. It's certainly one of the highlights for this season, and with everything going on this week puppet-related, all the coincidences going on, I'd have to think that that means something somewhere, but for now, that is going to be it for this week's episode of SpongeBob SquarePants and the SquareCast entirely. But before I let you go, I'd like to talk about a little game coming out later this year in the middle of the summer, and not necessarily the game itself, but some downloadable content, Power Wash Simulator is getting some SpongeBob SquarePants-related DLC in which you get to take the tools of your Power Wash arsenal into the world of Bikini Bottom to clean off many different iconic buildings, locations, and vehicles, including... The Paddy Wagon from the Spongebob Squarepants movie. I am not sponsored at all, but I wanted to bring this up because I'm genuinely excited to play that game. And one of the things I've been looking forward to, and the reason why I'm talking about all of this right now, is some changes that I've made in my life for the better. Over the last year or two, and honestly, the last few years, I have been suffering internally in some ways and very silently in that regard. This past week, though, I decided to seek some help and some support because although I have been able to do a lot in my life, at some point, I felt that it was okay to take a step back and say I could use a little bit of assistance. So I did that. I went and got it. And coming out of that, I live in a much better world. And the reason I share all of that is looking at the amount of times I've streamed and the things that are sitting on the back burner that I've worked on. A lot of my content creation and the things I've worked on have suffered due to the way I've lived, the things weighing down on my mind, and to be perfectly honest, that's been the case for almost my entire run in podcasts and on YouTube throughout my career. So being in this new part of my life is extremely refreshing, but it also makes me reflect on at least the past few months. I haven't streamed in a long time. And to be perfectly honest, since the last time I streamed, which was the first level of the Cosmic Shake, I really haven't played many video games since then. I love games in general. I have a strong connection with them, but they've been really tough to get into and to get into that mode of relaxing and being able to be yourself for a moment. I wake up and it's almost like I'm working for everybody else and then by the time I'm able to get home and do something for myself, I'm either too tired or I'm too weighed down by anything else going on in my life that it feels inappropriate to play a video game. So given Power Wash Simulator, their DLC the calmness of that game, and wanting to get back into video gaming in general, to get back into relaxing through a few other means, I wanted to share that with you and also let you know that I look forward to being a part of some very calm, chilled-back, chilling-with-the-captain streams in the future, and I'm not doing this for anyone else but myself which is really healthy to say and feel. And I just hope that any of you that have enjoyed what I've made thus far continue to enjoy what I make in the future and what I'm doing. I just want to be here with you on this planet and enjoy our time with one another. Thank you for coming aboard and being a part of this podcast. Your presence is welcome and I cannot tell you enough how much I love that you're a part of the Ready Crew. Thank you for coming aboard. If you would like to follow the captain on any form of social media, you can do so on Twitter, at I'mReadyPodcast, which I'm going to push that again, at I'mReadyPodcast. I am the most active on Twitter. Unfortunately, out of all of the social media forms out there, it seems to be the easiest place to interact with the most people, but I'm also on Instagram at Spongebob Podcast, where I may not be as active in terms of posting, but in terms of my story on that Instagram page, I tend to upload at least one or two a day. So if you enjoy Spongebob memes or any sort of videos, I usually try to keep that Spongebob related on that Instagram page. If you would like to follow the captain, On YouTube, youtube.com slash at the Captain Eric. That's where I post everything that is associated with Captain Eric. Posts, videos, updates, everything having to do with me is right there on that YouTube channel. And the best thing, if you would like to support me, the best thing you can do is subscribe to that Captain Eric YouTube channel. We are almost 500 members of the Ready Crew It doesn't cost a dime, and I'm not even asking you to hit that bell so that you're not annoyed by any uploads randomly that may happen in the future. But if you choose to do so, thank you from the bottom of my heart. If you would like to go the extra mile in terms of support, you can click on that Redbubble link in the podcast description below. Redbubble is a place where you can upload your own artwork and have it placed ...on a multitude of different products. So if you click on that link, you will find... ...Captain Eric original pieces of art... ...that you can choose to put on anything you want. Anything that comes in from my projects... ...go directly back into my projects... ...and it's always appreciated. You guys mean the world to me. Recording this podcast week in and week out... ...it may start as a silly little subject of Spongebob... ...but I genuinely put a lot of what is me... ...is the captain into this podcast so thank you for joining me thank you for coming aboard and I hope you come again next week as always please stay safe be kind to one another and come aboard again to another episode of I'm ready a SpongePod Squarecast and we'll see you at the Clammy Awards oh no I guess I won't ha 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 Bye! What's the matter actual size squid word? My dreams are crushed. But hey, at least I won't have to see that mini squid ever again. Yeah, I have something even better. Another me!